Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blinders podcast. And on today's show, I have Miss Carrie Turpin here with us. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm doing good today, Ray. How are you? I'm doing good. I wanted to really uh, bring you on the podcast um, because I had a chance to really, uh, you know, get to know you, follow uh, with another interview, and just really learn about your story and what you are actually doing here at Bosma Enterprise, the Center for Visionary Solutions for the Blind, our rehab center, and uh, the things you've learned since you've been here. So, uh, Carrie, first of all, how long have you uh, been attending our Bosma's Rehab Center? I started at the beginning of August. Beginning of August? Okay. Yes. Uh, coming up on about four months now, I think. Something okay. like that. Three and a half, four months. And are you originally from the Indianapolis area? I am from Hazleton, Indiana. Hazleton, Indiana. Now, where is that far away? Is that we're southern? About, um, we're at southern. Um, if you pick uh, Vincennes and Princeton, Indiana, I'm centered almost exactly between those two. Okay. okay. What's the population now? I'm just curious. Maybe 50. <laughs> 50? That's a small population. Maybe 50. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> yes. Very, very, very small country town. I was born and raised in Princeton, uh-huh. and I have family from Hazleton, and that's where I've ended up just buying some property and settling in at. Cool. So what brings you to Bosman Enterprise, the Center for Visionary Solutions for the Blind? What brings you to our rehab center? Now, how did you get here? Well, number one, I'm blind. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> and, uh, I finally came to that realization. Yes. And um, I'd been sick for a while. So kind of a whole thing big in. And I was ready to get back to work. Started trying to see about going back to work and uh-huh. found out I couldn't even fill out an application. That got me into Volk Rehab. From Volk Rehab, I learned about Bosma Enterprises. Okay, so what um, actually caused you to uh, lose your vision? Um, a steroid injection. Mm-hmm. I was part of the 2012 fungal meningitis epidemic. I got a steroid injection to help with some damage. I'd received um, the 47 weeks of chemo after I had a baby and had some issues. Um, for 15 months, I fought fungal meningitis that um, was given to me as a direct hit through my central nervous system. Mm-hmm. And um, on September the 12th of 2013, I went fully septic and my heart stopped twice and had a couple of strokes and woke up the next day blind. Wow. And yeah. Wow. So, um, so you actually flatlined while you were out. Yeah, I I heard myself flatline. Hmm. Yes. So then they re, uh, revived you, and then you woke up and you no longer could see. Um, whenever I first came to, oh. all I could see were lights, oh. and um, I couldn't move. Um, as each time it seemed like I woke up, eventually it got to where I was seeing things, but it came to the conclusion that um, I had lost the left visual field out of each eye is called left homonymous hemianopsia. And what was left was not quite right either. That would be my low vision mm-hmm. part that's left. So I am completely blind partly, and I have some vision that is going as well. So once you were injected with the contaminated medicine, did you immediately have a reaction, or was it something that happened like I actually, about a couple months later, I received a letter in the mail from um, 
the facility that I got it stating that they'd had some problems and that they're that I may have received um, some medication that people had found were dying from <laughs> and, and that I that I should get to that facility back again actually it was a, a sister hospital um, where they did some um, spinal taps and some nice little blood work and tests and sent you back home and a couple months later, I kept realizing I really wasn't feeling so good, and I was starting to get sick every single morning. Um, basically, within about four to five months, I was extremely ill and down from it. I'd been diagnosed with fungal meningitis. Even though they knew it was from the injection, it still wasn't a full confirmation so a lot of uh, medical help and stuff was hard to find. Plus, I was coming off of 47 weeks of chemo after a kind of traumatic childbirth that yes. took me a minute to come out of. So wow. everything kind of blended together there for a minute. Wow. So what was your first thoughts when you uh, your vision was uh, distorted? What were, you, what were you thinking there? Well, at first, we really it wasn't um, it wasn't dawning on anybody that it was this. I was actually losing my child. She was, by this time, she was, um, I mean, this got several years ago, so she's coming up on around four, I think, four or five years old. She'd be right beside me and I'd lose her. I was running into doorways. I was walking off my friend's porches. No way. And um, finally went to the eye doctor just because I'd had some eye inflammation. I'd had eye issues before and he was like, you you you've lost a large part of your vision. And I was like, no, I haven't. <laughs> I'm not blind. I can still see. Right. So um, eventually, we got to Cleveland Clinic, and that was for the steroid and fungal meningitis part. And the um, Dr. Carlos Asada there got me in with a neuro ophthalmologist who that day. Confirmed, and they told me I had left homonymous hemianopsia, sat me in a chair, and for about an hour, again and again, kept saying again in my head to get it in my head that I was blind and sent me back to my hospital bed. Next thing you know, people are coming in from a low vision place and they're putting canes in my hand and telling me things to do and showing me that I really wasn't seeing. Sure. They were proving my blindness right. to me, to be honest. But you yeah. said you had double vision at the yes. time. Well. Yes, I still have double vision. Okay. So explain that to the people listening. How, how does that, I mean, double vision, what does that actually, what do you actually see? Okay, so actually it's kind of in a triple form because I have a severe astigmatism as well. Uh -huh. So when I look forwards, I actually do not see what is in front of me. I'm seeing everything that's to the right. But when I see that picture that's to the right, my brain gives me two of those pictures because I'm only picking up that same right side. Right. So my eyes duplicate that picture and then it gives me a little shadow back behind it of the same picture. So I have two of what I'm seeing that now my brain does combine into the one. I only recognize it if I pay a lot of attention. And then I have a nice little shadow of everything I see behind it. So that affects you uh, when you're traveling and things like that. You're seeing two um, oh, yeah. stop signs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, I see two stop signs. I see if, if let's say if I'm looking at you, if I'm seeing your whole face, I see two of your faces. Or 
what's really great is look, sometimes I see only two right sides of a person's face. Wow. Also reading, and that, that's what comes into my problem with my reading as mm-hmm. well now. I missed half of it, and what I see, I see duplicates of. Well, that's that's definitely a, a unique you know, oh. <laughs> way of seeing things right now. Yes, you know? I mean, and, and I've got to where I've adjusted to it, and like whenever we bring it up, it's like a, it it brings it back to my head. But I really have to um, not think about it when I and like I have telescopic lenses to help with my up close vision. I also have in contacts <laughs> right. to help me be able to see what I am seeing now. But when I when you limit my visual field even more, I can see that I'm seeing two and that I'm not seeing as much of them, if that makes any sense. Like with my contacts in mm-hmm. and with the way that my brain is adjusted, I know that I'm seeing two, but I automatically convert it into one picture, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It makes sense. It makes definitely makes sense. And that's... Uh... Yeah, that's definitely a unique. <laughs> I have found her brains yeah. are an amazing little thing. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. this kind of stuff would happen. <laughs> brain is an amazing thing for me. I mean, I'm telling you, never know what. So, um, actually, with your incident, uh, receiving that contaminated medicine, you actually uh, suffered some, some brain trauma, correct? Yes, um, traumatic brain injury is also a result. Um, actually, and they told me, you know, with the hemianopia, huh. the fungal meningitis the septicism, the strokes, or my heart stopping, which the medicine, you know, when they shoot you up with the epinephrine, I guess that it can cause some brain damage as well I didn't know about. So basically on one day I hit four things that could have caused any of these in, this to happen, but I managed to come out of it. Managing, you're still here, so that's definitely definitely <laughs> a good here. thing and it's a good sign. Some days it's a little confusing, but we're still here, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I know uh, we had actually... Because, you know, we talked a little bit prior to the interview, and you were talking about that you couldn't walk either for a while. No. Explain that to uh, a little bit behind that of how you were able to uh, begin walking again. Um, they don't give you much choice, right? You may know this a little bit about <laughs> yourself. They, um, once they got me to see in a little bit, right? It's in my medical records where it says something is wrong with the vision. The doctors couldn't figure it out, but mm-hmm. my medical records stated again and again. They knew it before I came out. Obviously, part was me not moving. I guess it was just because I had severe septicism and bacteremia. So it took me down. One of the things that I had is called bacillus cereus. Inside of it is bacillus anthracis, which is what they make anthrax from. So I had it destroyed my lungs as well for a little bit. So I had trouble with all things, to be honest with you. But they give you some medicine. They stand you up. They let you go and they say, stand up. And as you're falling, they catch you. They do this a few times. Right. You get back in that bed. Next time you come to, then people are standing right beside you again. And they're going to say, we can ready to give you some medicine. Uh-huh. And you're going to stand uh-huh. up. Uh-huh. And once you stand up without them, then the next thing they said is, now move. <laughs> <laughs> and this yeah. is, I mean, even though it seems like it's forever, I'm talking just a matter of a few days. Right. If you they don't let you yeah, stay, no. you, you have to get up and yeah. get moved. The hospital definitely gets you up. They don't yes. give you time to rest. <laughs> now I had a, a harder time yeah. um, with. I guess you could say I got my right side to wake up a lot easier. Yeah. My left side, I still do have problems with occasionally, and I do have, still have some um, muscles that just don't quite work right. 
but you just um, you don't get a choice, right? You get right. they give you the medicine to take away the pain. They stand you up and they say do it, and then they keep coming back until you do it. So you were using were you using any type of age canes or at that time? Oh, yeah. stand up? started out with the walkers after after the people <laughs> quit holding me up, and next mm-hmm. it was to the walker. Right. Then it was um, to two canes, mm-hmm. gait therapy. Um, then from the two canes got down to the one cane. Then once they started realizing my balance was better again, they brought back out that nice uh, mobility canes that we use mm-hmm. now and nice said, now canes. this is what you're going to use. Right. So, yeah. And up until even just a year or two ago, I still had a regular cane at, by my bedside and, you know, at certain places in my house because I was scared. There were some days I still couldn't get out of bed. I got rid of my canes now, though. I only right. have my mobility cane. That's good. That's definitely good. So, how did you, uh, how did you end up finding Bosma Enterprises? And um, that was through Voc Rehab. First, um, my counselor had mentioned, "Hey, there's a place we can even send you to if you need to." And I'm still in my head thinking, "I am not that blind. Right. I don't need to go to a vision rehab. Right. What are they talking about?" Then I get to the low vision specialist and find out that even with what they had me working in, that I was still legally blind with the corrective aids that I had. And um, in the visual part, still had the hemianopia. And again, he said, you know, I can send you to Bosma Enterprises. And I was like, okay, whatever. Let's just get these. And I got home and was like, what is this Bosma they keep telling me about? And I looked it up and couple days later, I called that eye doctor back, and I said, do I really? Am I that blind? And they informed me that, yeah, Carrie, you're blind. <laughs> that, um, that, that I would be a candidate for coming here and that they did lots of great things. And at that point in time, though, when I went back to talk to my vote rehab counselor, his fear was that I would not be able to, um, I guess, how they explain, to fulfill a contract. But coming back here, that I was supposed to be able to go back to work full time if I wanted to come here, all these little things. And um, after about a month then of that, hearing that, I finally went into him and explained to him that I felt that I deserved every opportunity that any other visually impaired person has. I would not be here had I have illness that does prevent me from sometimes working as hard as other people. Does not mean I should not get the chance to get here. No, you definitely uh, deserve to be here and uh, take advantage of the opportunities that that are presented to you. Yes. So definitely great, great to have you here. What have you been learning since you've been here at Bosman Enterprise? What are the training? What kind of training um, have you been uh, learning? I can use a computer again, right? I can use my phone. <laughs> I can. <laughs> so let me stop you there. How how are you able to use your a computer? Um, they have taught me assistive technology where mm-hmm. I um don't use because my usable vision doesn't really start till about eight feet out and as we were discussed it's not quite in front of me either and it ain't quite right what's there i'm learning how to use the computers without any vision at all they have set me up with what's called fusion so it does have the enlarger and a larger screen so if there is something i do need to see and focus on i can then find it enlarge it on my screen and take it from there Um, the same with the phone accessibility Learning how to use the accessibility, learning how to use what vision I have in the right way yes. has also cut down a lot on headaches, eye strain, 
the different problems that I was having that I didn't even realize was coming from me just trying to be able to see. Yeah, definitely. So what about um, in the kitchen? Are you doing anything in the kitchen? Oh, I am. <laughs> I am really up on the kitchen. I don't know if you remember the health fair or not, but oh, I yeah. was um, one of the big ones that got to help with the jicama salad and the tropical salad we made. Oh, Actually, definitely. I got to help come up with the recipes. I love being in the kitchen, but I needed safety and help. So that's what a lot of what I'm here for, um, for Cosmo, for the personal management, is learning how to be safe while I cook. Well, tell me, how, how are you, like, when you say safe, mm-hmm. what do you mean, like, as far as with cooking on top of a stove? How do you, oh, yeah. what are they teaching you? Um, I'm learning how to use the gas stove again. Uh, um, okay. I learned how to use the oven, how to... Um, how to use my other senses yeah. to um, to determine when things are done, using um, talking thermometers, making sure I use time limits, um, not boiling my water first, putting my eggs in, you know, little simple little things. Um, even as, as, if you know Kathy Amata, yeah. using them trays to oh, keep yeah. that mess down. All these little things. <laughs> I'm going to tell, tell you a secret because what I had uh, with the rehab, I still have a tray. I use my tray for everything. I'm uh, sorry. I just <laughs> no. Well, with the building of my new house and all that, I've already told Miss Kathy you have already incorporated a couple of new things. <laughs> Trays are going to be right here and easily accessible and ready to go. Where do you get that cafeteria tray from? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm telling you, little simple things make a huge difference in people who uh, are not blind or vision impaired. They all often wonder how are we doing what we are doing or how are we able to cook and be safe and live independently. It's just really training and being aware of our surroundings. Exactly. So. Using what we have. Right. And, and, you know, I can always step back about eight to ten feet and take a gander if I yeah. can still see, if I can catch a glimpse of it. But I don't have eight-foot arms, unfortunately. So I have to learn to do everything like that without my vision. Yeah. It's just not there it does not help at all so how was um also here at our center for visionary solutions for the blind we also have an adjustment counselor how has adjustment counseling helped you cope with losing your vision um it's been a great thing actually because you know you feel kind of like you're alone you get around other people when you find all these varying degrees of blindness and that is one thing you know, the harder thing for me was because they're telling me I'm blind, but I know I could still see some. That is what was in my head was what is going on here. So I had this internal fight. Plus, you know, you're around other people and you get the big, I'm sure you don't look blind. Well, okay, but did you just see me run into the wall? Um, talking to Michelle and actually even a couple of times being in with other people. Um, and we do have um, another brain injury here as well. So it's nice to be able to understand you're not alone and that I can still do everything I did before. I'm, 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 I'm getting me back. And that's a lot to do with help with Michelle and even James Michaels talking to him occasionally, you know, just those little things that we can kind of, we jokingly about, but it's really for real, but we can all understand. Yeah, understand. And, and really what I would like to say, just for those who are listening, just because you are blind or you have a white cane does not mean you're total. It does mean you have a visual impairment. A lot of people, they do, they don't understand that there are different levels of visual acuity. So just mm-hmm. because you do see something, it doesn't mean you see everything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just like <laughs> a person might be deaf, but you won't know they're deaf 
Because you're just looking at them. Exactly. You're not, you're not looking at their hearing aids that's deep in their, their ear. You know what I'm saying? So it's just really, once again, it's just those perceptions that people have that, okay, you you have a cane or you don't have a cane. There's some people who are blind that do not use canes. And being able and to tell people, I yeah. think. And that was a hard one for me. It's right. hard for me to tell people I'm blind. It's not as hard yeah. for me now because right. I do understand I, I'm not the one in ignorance anymore. Yeah. And it's just because it's been portrayed as a wrong way a lot. And with my being a brain injury, and I mean, literally, when if you if you could actually see the pictures that come back from my test, I am split straight down the middle with how they do the test. I have absolutely nothing on either left. I know it. They continue to tell it. Sometimes I talk myself out of it, but being a brain injury, people have it. It's harder to understand, I think, than whenever you explain that there's something wrong with your eyes. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So it's... And it's, it's hard to hide your blindness, or sometimes it's not hard to hide it, but it's, when you try to hide, you know, your blindness, you actually end up hurting yourself more than hurting that person that you're trying to I, yeah. um, gain. I don't know what you what we try to gain from not telling people that, but I think we're just insecure, yeah. and we want to be accepted at the end of the day, but when you try to hide it, you end up tripping or falling <laughs> over something and we look even people, more people crazier. asking me if I was drinking, Drunk, right. if I was this, why are you walking you off this, this porch? Well, right. because I didn't I see. see the steps. I'm not <laughs> using my cane like I'm, pro- I'm supposed to be using my cane. Yes, so. I believe Bianca called me a lazy cane user within the first few days of seeing I said, well, I can see. And she said, no, you can't or you wouldn't be here. <laughs> yes, obviously. Yeah, that's um, and that's a big part of it too is just being able to explain to people yeah. and let them understand that very few people that are blind actually have no vision. Yeah. You know, there is usually something, and I also suffer with Charles Bonnet syndrome. Mm-hmm. So, for those that don't know, it's kind of a, it's a type of hallucination right. in, in a sense. So, sometimes what I'm seeing, I'm still not even understanding it. I'm not comprehending it. Or, or I think that the excellent dog in the neighborhood turned out to be a bear statue that I thought was a dog for three months, you know. <laughs> I said, to my boyfriend, it was such a good dog. And one day, everybody said, babe, it don't move because it's a statue. I was like, are you serious? Are you, thank you. Thanks right. a lot. But I swear right. to God, I see the dog move. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? We all have those moments then. We all have those moments. Oh, yes. So uh, what do you plan on doing once you leave the uh, center here? Well, I... And um, continuing a journey on, um, I hope to someday have my own um, holistic type business out of my home. I am a certified herbalist, reflexologist, aromatherapist, and also iridologist. Um, I'm wanting to continue getting my master's and bachelor's into um, herbal medicine and keep going on this tour. <laughs> See where I can go with it is, I'm, I'm kind of taking baby steps, right? In the meantime, I need to get um, a job trying to work out of my house, get a little bit more income generated as I continue my schooling. And then hopefully by the time I'm done with that, I will have all the skills that I need and get back to um, run my own business out of my home and help other people take care of themselves. Definitely. You definitely have inspiration and just everything that you've been through thus far is getting you here. So I know you're going to keep on. Continuing on. Oh, I ain't giving up now. Mm-hmm. I've been through the hard part, right? Yeah. <laughs> the rest part, and I'll just let them know. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, I really got messed up. This is just, this is me now. 
but you're doing it, and uh, I thank you, and keep doing it because you're gonna be somebody's gonna be out there. And they're gonna see you with your can, and they're gonna approach you, and you're gonna inspire them because I always get stopped, and I never thought that I would be that guy talking to people about you know blindness and things of that nature. But you know, sometimes people need to come out their shell. So when they see you down there in Southern Indiana, mm-hmm. <laughs> in Hazleton, yeah, <laughs> 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 we're those fifty people. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be like, "Oh, wow!" And you're gonna bring that other person out that's probably hiding in their in their home right now, not wanting to get out the house. So mm-hmm. definitely keep doing what you're doing, and uh, I see a bright future for and you. I can say the same for you, Ray. Just talking to you and meeting you, and a little bit of inspiration there yourself. I snuck in on the blog spot and read a bit of your story <laughs> and found out what was up with you. So oh, I gotta okay. find out what makes this man tick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I snuck in and did a little research too, Ray. It's okay. I think that I think you uh, you got some good things going on yourself there. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on the Navigating Blinders podcast, and I'll continue to do everything you need to do to uh, make a full recovery here. And anybody wants any more information about Bosnia and Brides and how we're helping people who are blind and visually impaired, you know, live the life they want to live, just on the web, Bosnia.org, and follow us on social media and. Make sure you get subscribed on Apple iTunes, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you.